0: Welcome to the Learning and Development podcast. I'm David James from Loop and each episode I chat with guests about what lights them up in the world of people development. In this episode I'm joined with Satoshi Prabala, who is Learning Experience Lead at Swiss Re to discuss the L&D team's incorporation of digital marketing principles and tools to create a compelling digital learning offering. But before I get into it, if you're enjoying this podcast please do give us a five star rating on your podcast app of choice. others to find us and thank you if you've done so already. Now, let's get into it. Satoshi, welcome to the Learning Development Podcast. Thanks a lot, David. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Now, you've introduced a digital marketing approach to your learning and development team with an emphasis on data and campaigns. Could you explain what problem, or perhaps problems plural, you were trying to solve with this? Yeah, I'm happy to do so. Um, As you
1: might know, probably it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. There was a of a longer process. So let me go back a little bit in time. So we revised our strategy in 2018 with one of the key goals to be less prescriptive and classroom heavy with our learnings and rather enable our employees to learn anytime, anywhere in the moment of need. Mm -hmm. So we were putting a lot of emphasis on on the learning experience. We wanted to be more digital, more personalized, more on-demand. So basically we renewed our entire learning ecosystem. We brought in um, off-the-shelf content libraries, added the front door, um, an LXP on top of everything and then we also had a process which we call democratized learning Mm -hmm. so we also wanted to enable social capabilities such as like share and comments but we also wanted to introduce functionalities so that employees can not only learn but also that they can create and curate their own content so you can imagine with all the process with all the capabilities with all the new content instead of just having a few hundred e-learnings and classroom trainings on our LMS, we suddenly had a few thousand items in our learning experience platform. Mm-hmm. So going back to the question, what was the key challenge that we were trying to solve? Um, number one was then, how can we ensure that people find the most relevant content in the moment of need? Mm-hmm. And this is what brought us to think about what what can we learn from the digital marketing area? So let's look at Amazon. They have a bit of similar problems. How can they promote the best content to the people and and the content that might be relevant Mm -hmm. for each user on a personalized level? So suddenly we had to deal with skills taxonomy. We had to do some tagging. We had to do some search optimization to increase the personalization, to increase the search results and the relevancy of the search results. And we. We also had to find ways how we can promote the content and the right content to the right audience through digital channels. Mm-hmm. And then also, how do we know what works well and what not? And in the whole journey probably, and this brings me to the second thing we try to solve, we didn't know much about the learners before. So I was super, super excited, uh, excited to now eventually get the data that we can learn more about our employees. So it's all about, does our new strategy even work? Do they come to the LXP? Do they even come back afterwards? And once they're on the LXP, what do they actually do? What are the actions they perform? What are they interested in? What content do they like? What not so? Um, yep. And then also do they really find what they're looking for? And then a more fundamental question came then to our mind. Do we even offer the right trainings? Do we offer the right skills, resources to develop? Mm-hmm. And yeah we also wanted to keep the conversation ongoing with our employees um, and then also think more about how can we engage the learning community we we need to monitor comments that we not suddenly have a, sh- a shitstorm or, or people are struggling a lot with with some things um, so we really wanted to support them to Create and create their 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 own trainings, and this is really where we realized um, more and more how much we can learn from digital and social media marketing and and about the practices they use.
0: Hmm. It sounds, sounds as if um, you've had to um, or you've challenged yourself to become more humble. Which is, I think, that where learning and development comes from is that we were the uh, the content owners, the uh, the knowledge experts. So we knew a load of stuff. Um, But it sounds as if what you've done is taken a step back to understand the people that that you'd be seeking to influence, your customers, as it were, internally, uh, and then being humble in in admitting that you don't know everything about them now. But if you set set up a system in which you could, uh, first of all, understand what you knew about them inside your organization already, but then... Create a dialogue so that you can continue to, to uh, learn about them and uh, and what their challenges are and what their their preferences are. Then you can provide uh, a a better type of solution for them. Is that is that the kind of thing?
1: Yes, exactly. So we we had that anecdotes before where. People in L&D said, we believe, or the business is telling us. Mm. But usually these anecdotes are based on a few conversations. And the super interesting thing with data is now it's not one doing one and not doing the other it's yeah. it's usually doing both but suddenly we had a lot of data about real behavior not just opinions mm. at scale so we had data from thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of clicks where we could learn a lot and where we could deep dive and then also we had a more direct um, exchange with the employees through the functionalities that we brought in such as community management
0: I will come back to uh, to data in a moment. I think that uh, that a point that you touched on there is something I I wholeheartedly believe in, that too many, we um, recognise something as a learning need based on minimal observation. So somebody somewhere saw people do a thing therefore it's applicable across uh, an entire level or a cohort. Uh, sometimes it's because of stakeholder waiting. somebody senior enough has told us that this is a problem therefore it must be a problem and sometimes it's with our um, our own preference to implement a best practice that we've perhaps brought in from another organization or that we've read or perhaps is particularly on vogue at the particular time but none of those three are a real need. They are what I would say are an assumption. It seems to me as if you're recognising those as what they are, assumptions, and then you will seek the data to back up or to challenge whether that is actually the case.
1: Yeah, at least we try so. I mean, yeah. to be fair, we don't have a crystal ball to predict the skills of the future, no. but we can at least look what are the people interested in now. And mm. based on that, also, we can look a little bit on the trends. Is it something on the rise or is it on the fall, which also can help us a little bit with these predictions.
0: Mm. And now um, there'll be plenty of skeptics uh, of the approach of uh, perhaps looking to digital marketing and... Um, but your background is in social and behavioural psychology. So, what are you basing your your trust or your hope in digital marketing on? Well, it's it's interesting
1: that you mention it. So, I think the whole digital marketing area is. Um, oh, can we cut that out? Yeah, sure. Very good. So, I lost myself. Um, can you go back to the question? Yeah.
0: Okay. I'll ask. I'll ask the question again. There'll be plenty of skeptics uh, about how we can perhaps look to digital marketing and borrow some of their their approaches. But your background is in social and behavioral psychology, which is going to prick up the ears of many in L&D and saying, OK, so you're not a digital marketing nut. (laughs) You are one of us. So what are you basing your approach then on on looking at digital marketing and then and then its applications to L&D? It's interesting
1: that you mentioned my background. So, personally, what I see is what digital marketing is doing a lot, which is under the umbrella of A B testing. Mm-hmm. So, they sometimes just take a new homepage and say, We believe this generates more leads than the other homepage. And then they give this to a sample of people and they give the other to another sample of people. Basically, um, the, the whole like, Data and things we should do and now can do with data in L&D is not so different, I believe. So it really reminds me on doing the experiments, trying, f- um, learn from from things that work or things that didn't work so far, and just like learn on the go and 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 getting better with it. So it's really also doing these experiments and coming up with hypotheses and using data to to prove them.
0: always been and the thing is that as soon as you scratch below the surface we've all we've always been in this game uh in that we've always vied for attention for uh for the people that we're seeking to influence uh trying to to pull them into our um uh, certainly into the uh, to be interested in what it is that we offer and what we can do for them now we've got the tools to integrate with the tools that they use for work clearly we can communicate our value to people uh, g- going back to what we discussed earlier if you can um, recognize the particular personas of the people you're seeking to influence you're not going broad brush across your organization you're seeking to understand particular cohorts levels um, people of a particular maturity or within a particular function within your organization and provide them with the value but it's still it's, it's an attention economy in terms of will they click Will they open? But if we're gonna get close to the moment of need and influence the moment of apply, to use the language of Gottforsen and Moshe, we need to gain their trust and, uh, and also um, pique their interest enough to actually click. So what you're describing there is, uh, is not necessarily the, uh, the things that go around the outside of the learning, because if people don't engage, then we have absolutely no chance of influencing their performance. Have I got that right? Is that the kind of thing?
1: It's absolutely the kind of thing. And maybe still building the bridge to social and behavioral um, psychology or or psychology overall, I think, it, it, it's definitely beneficial um, to understand how uh, understand the human behavior, how our brains work, and how we learn, why we behave as we behave, and then things that you just mentioned is the whole motivation. And I think motivation is key to learning. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't forget learning is an active process. So. There are things actively happening in our brain if we learn. Mm. So um, we need to get started to get the learners attention first. Mm-hmm. And I think the marketing area, again, showed or it's it's their key business, first yeah. of all, to get the attention, and then bring people through the whole funnel until they buy a product. And of course, our job only starts when they buy a product. Then it's mm-hmm. about like, how, how, how can the people um, like use it in their daily job, whatever they learned before. But I think in 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 this particular area, to get the attention, to get the relevancy, to make people want to learn something, I think this is where 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 the digital marketing practices um are, are definitely um super super insightful for us.
0: Of course, and the the thing is, as soon as we admit that, we realize that running an experiment to see whether we get eyeballs on content via. Communication and marketing um, into the the tools that they uh, that they use for working um, allows us to move at pace. It allows us to 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 see whether uh, we're getting clicks at all so that um, uh, so those experiments will can those lighter experiments can stop us spending inordinate amounts of money and time and credit on things that perhaps don't get uh, wouldn't get um, uh, the attention necessarily so there's all those things that digital marketers do because they have got that experimental mindset because they are looking to to perhaps make small wins uh, along the way rather than big bets and what we've been guilty of in learning and development for too long um, branding things as transformational even if they are just one and done immersive programs or uh, or bits of content but, but you touched on there about funnels which leads me on to my Next question, quite nicely because um, you use campaigns, which of course I'm sure will uh, will involve uh, some kind of funnel. So, can you describe how you use those?
1: Yeah. Um, so, let me put that maybe into two different aspects. So, one mm-hmm. of the things is how do we get the topics for our campaigns? So, it's mm-hmm. all about what is the right content. And the second one is what channels do we use for our campaigns? So it's all about like change from being less a one fits all push and, and rather use methods, which the marketing will probably call inbound marketing. Mm -hmm. So it's about drawing people to the content they find useful and interesting and then following an omni-channel approach and and try to continuously engage with the people. Mm -hmm. So how we do the marketing and, and, and how we get the, topics for for our campaigns um, is when we launched our new ecosystem, we didn't want to bring another HR platform and push content top down. This is definitely not what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So we put a lot of emphasis to position it as a platform from the business for the business. Mm -hmm. So it's less about us setting the agenda, but it's more about connect with the business to promote the topics they find relevant and they find interesting. Mm -hmm. And to do so, we now look at various different sources where we could crawl the topics and and, and crawl the content it, this is really on on the people's minds and of course we we, we have the overarching business strategy and and the goals which which, which are just there and, and which build a, f- a fundament but we also look a bit more at the overall um, company agenda and other events and and um, collaborate on awareness campaigns that might be ongoing in the company so for example um Recently, we had a cybersecurity awareness month or go digital days, which were not driven by us, but we kind of connected together and we were promoting their activities, and also we could then, and they could then also pull out good resources and, and good learning units that we already had available um, in, in within our ecosystem. And the further this is also that we look at external research. So what are the skills in demand? What are the trending skills? Like all that stuff, there's a, a lot of good research out there, which is usually freely available from, from consultant agencies. So we also try to consider this and make, make a couple of, of campaigns about these like skills in demand or skill of the month and, 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 and these type of things. And then of course we also look at their own data. So it's really about what are the different target groups or segments we want to, um, to reach. And what is really important to them? What are they interested in? So it's really more about um, promoting the content and running campaigns on specific content or on specific events, mm-hmm. rather than um, <clears throat> just promoting a platform or here is the place where you can learn. It's, it's really trying, trying to, to solve an issue. And then there is the second aspect, which which I mentioned is through which channels. So we build some new communication channels for us. So we have a monthly newsletter, which is called Curious Minds. So again, it's not about, it's the L&D newsletter. Um, We we on purpose labeled it a bit differently. And then we build up some communities. So we have a learning champion community, which are just people passionate about learning. And then if we run campaigns, we try to involve them and give them materials that they could share with their people, with their networks. Mm -hmm. And then we also have a curators community. So we have people, these are um, subject matter experts, um, and they own something like a channel, which is similar to YouTube. Um, it, it's kind of the influencers in YouTube. Mm-hmm. So they own a certain topic area, and we can also work a lot with them where they can give us their good content and we can run a campaign. Or we can say we have a free space on a newsletter, do you want to promote anything? So it's again like this two-sided conversation. And then I also mentioned the whole Omnichannel and, and the whole inbound. It's also we look at pretty basic stuff. So recently, we um, someone reached out to us and said we need a training on X, Y, Z, or or we need to promote that topic a bit more. And the first thing we did is just we went on the internet and just searched for it, and we found out there is nothing about it. So mm-hmm. if you want to run a, an awareness campaign, that might be the, the first and easiest thing. Just make. Make it available where the people are and try to um, use established communication channels um, where your specific cult group already is. So that could be the internet, it could be a, a Teams page they have somewhere, or it could be an existing news newsletter, such as a regional or, or locational newsletter, where you could promote the topic and that you would like to promote very, very tailored um, to that group. And this is a bit what what, what we try. To do more and more, and and are also, I hope we are, or I believe we are getting better with that um, slowly.
0: And you're describing so many things there that uh, that align to digital marketing. First of all. Uh, being where people already are, um, social media changed the game as far as marketing is concerned because you knew where people were. You've got what three billion people on uh, on Facebook. You've got uh, all these modes, and then you've got all this rich information about about those people. Um, you know, you know where people are working. You've got HR data that says exactly who they are and how they've been, how long they've been in your organization. So you really can tailor that. But the, what you're describing there as well, and I think uh, this aligns to inbound marketing. Um, uh, I'm not going to assume that the uh, that the listener knows uh, too much about it, but but inbound marketing really is just capitalising on um, somebody's interest or want to know more or or, or even consume uh, and and gain something that they are interested in. Uh, inbound marketing a lot of the time is educational material that is meant to to nudge people along a buying cycle uh, or a funnel, and then smart marketing is about understanding. The the experience that your consumer is going on, you'll have typical, or you'll have an ideal consumer in which you're looking to to be on that journey with them, uh, and perhaps um, enhance their own. Um, Uh, There are knowledge or know-how around a particular topic so it's so much about education but it has to start with them so again another thing that you're describing here seems to be user centricity rather than topic centricity so it's not necessarily just pumping out content and courses around a particular topic it's about understanding your people a bit more and then providing them with something that would be valuable rather than just pumping out something that that you'd like to get more engagement in is that right
1: Absolutely. Yep. And I love how, how you describe that.
0: It's
1: <laughs> is, is, is really along what, what, what we are trying to do.
0: Wonderful. And, but I'm sure that this isn't where it, uh, where it all began. Uh, I, I wonder if you could describe to me what, what L&D looked like at Swiss Re before you took this, uh, this more digital and digital marketing approach.
1: Yeah, maybe if I had to summarize it in one word, um, I would probably say uh, traditional So before we started with it, um, we had a learning management system and the small team was taking care of it. And the whole digital learning area was basically myself and a trainee and we did the entire digital learning for, for for the company. So you can imagine that was super, super reactive and and mainly focused on the mandatory trainings. Mm. And then the rest of the LD team was a lot focusing on the classroom trainings and, and the whole end-to-end experience. So it's including like the planning, cancellation, administration. So I think a, a lot of hand holding of participants and facilitators, um, which just absorbed a lot of time and pull this away of really taking care of of reaching our, our our learners and our employees and try to to improve their learning experience and, and the learning outcomes.
0: Mm. Uh, and so, so what was that 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 it was learning and development was predominantly done um, in classrooms, uh, supplemented by e-learning. Is it that that kind of thing?
1: It's that kind of thing, yeah, mainly. Um, there are some exceptions or there were some exceptions, of course, um, but we had a, a pretty big footprint on on classroom, and e-learning was probably mostly about um, mandatory compliance trainings.
0: And so what was the what was the the, the tipping point? Now, I, you know, I, this is strange coming from uh, from me here, because, you know, my whole thing is that um, that I had to do uh, L&D manually at, uh, at Disney because everybody hated the LMS. They either actively resisted it or they just ignored it. And so everything needed to be done uh, manually, which was not just um, hugely inefficient. It meant that in an, in an age where YouTube and Google had changed the game and our access to information and know-how we would we were literally bringing 12 people together in a room and thinking that this was really going to make a difference so it was my belief then that that technology could do a lot more of the heavy lifting but did you have a tipping point did you did you were you looking at or you know we were, were others in your team looking at your L&D function and thinking is is this the best way we could be doing things there were
1: several tipping points. One of it was definitely probably the L&D team was was a bit too big and a bit too expensive. Mm. Um, so there were definitely um, pressure on cost, but there was also pressure on innovate. So we can imagine today the the learner experience does not start with a physical booklet or a website where you can see these are all our courses. Mm. I would say most of the people just start to search for it they might just Google for it or they look on the internet in the search, but there's so much information out there that people don't navigate anymore too much. They really just start their experience with a search. Yeah. And from there then the question is, how do you guide the people to the right resources? Mm. And this again, is, is something that the whole digital marketing area had exactly or still has exactly the same issue. And this is what they are trying to to address and, and, and have good solutions for we can learn from. Mm.
0: And so what does your team look like now in terms of roles and responsibilities?
1: So I was fortunate um, to build up a, a small team. So I, I, I was given the trust. And how this small team looks like is, is quite interdisciplinary. So they have backgrounds in in tech and project management, in UX, UI, multimedia, and, and in community management. So it's not traditional, like people who grew up in the L&D, um, but that's just a, a smaller things, a smaller team. And we did, this team, um, we put a strong focus focus on learning experience, on, on, on a seamless learning journey, data has become a huge topic. But also we we now work or or we now also have the capacity to work much, much closer with the bigger L&D team. So we have a small working group where um, regularly we look at the data, and we plan campaigns or come up with something um, such as a marketing plan for our com- campaigns and, and then also look a bit at the community management. What is the Around voice, what is happening in the platform with the learners. And yeah, of, of course, we invested also a lot into, into upskilling and reskilling of, of, of the entire team. And um, I'm, I'm pretty proud to what we could achieve in the meantime. Um yeah, so today it's it's really less of a classroom and and Probably we are still on the journey, and of course there are people who adapt earlier. Others um, still might need a bit more of a of, of a push. But overall, um, <clears throat> I would I would say through the investment in the big ecosystem and also bringing scalable solutions, enabling people um, that they can like. Or, or have the whole self-service and the whole democratization of learning, we could remove us, ourselves a little bit as gatekeepers and as the bottleneck for learning. And this also means we are less stuck in, in the small requests that need a lot of time, but don't have much impact. Um, and instead, now we we do much more curation instead of creation and can take m- uh, much more care of, of the bigger, strategic, important projects. I think where our knowledge and experience as L&D consultants um, could have a much bigger impact.
0: Uh, you mentioned there about uh, upskilling, um, Satoshi. What, what specifically did you and your team uh, need to invest in, um, in terms of your development that's that's got you to your abilities um, today?
1: So I think the good thing was it's, it really, um, as I described at the very beginning, there was a need for it. We realized we need to do these things if, 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 if we want to continue engage, if we want to, 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 to keep our new ecosystem to be successful. So I think that relation into the learning learning in the flow of work, I think was super, super important. And we could see a bit the same with other people in the L&D who weren't that close to the whole transformation project, where it needed a bit more of confirmation and, and more explanation. Why are we doing this? Why is it important? And why is it also urgent to, to change now? Um, So I can speak Speak a bit of myself. I, I did a lot of research um, myself, just as, as as we came along um, the topics. I'm also fortunate that in, in in my private life I have some friends which work in the digital marketing, so it's also always interesting to have some exchanges with with them. But I also personally decided to take a 12 week formal training just to get a sense of what is the whole digital marketing about. Mm-hmm. Also have a bit of a Structured approach through 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 their practices, and also I found that very very helpful because usually if, if if you're new to a topic, you don't know what you don't know, so you wouldn't even know where to search for the right information. So just getting this this entire overview was was very very helpful for me.
0: Um, and what would you say to those in our profession who don't yet recognize the value of digital marketing in learning and development?
1: Well, I think it's up to anyone to decide if it has value or if it hasn't. But maybe I can try to highlight some reasons why I find it super valuable, um, which is, is, is a bit all around like we in LD, we read a lot and we hear a lot about digital disruption, tech transformation. The future is with data, the future is that employees um, need to upskill and reskill to be, to be able to succeed in, in in their roles. It's also that we can work side by side with technology and with data and I feel a little bit like we try to support the business so much that we sometimes tend to forget a little bit that the same is actually true for us in L&D and I think that whole change is really happening right now so I I see L&D is disrupted right now. Yeah. And, and and it's really like, like any other business, we become more digital, data is getting more important. And also I think this requires new practices. So if we look at the key challenges of learners today, and I think we in L&D as professionals have exactly the same challenges, is that we are lacking time to learn, we are lacking guidance on what to learn, and we are struggling to, to translate what we learn into our daily jobs. So as, as I mentioned before, people start online with their learning journey and probably they start to search for the information. And this is where I see the big value in, in, in the, the digital marketing kicking in.
0: Where, where I certainly see overlap. Uh, and I, th- I think it requires us to, uh, to look at our language uh, as well is that digital marketing is all around influence and behavior you know, an organization that employs the marketers are seeking to influence of the behaviors of their their ideal target market. Those people who they recognize would be most interested in their products or, uh, or services. Now in learning and development, we think we're in the business of changing behavior, but what we've got to take a look at, and this is where I think it might be just semantics, is we can't change behavior. The only people who can change the behavior are the owners of the behavior, the people. The only thing we can really do is, and here's the light bulb moment, is influence so if we are in the same game and we are employed by organizations in order to influence the people that the organization recognizes the targets marketing they might be are outside of the organization in learning and development they are inside the organization we realize we have very very similar purposes and then if we have the same purposes you have a look and say what tools and approaches do we use in digital we use uh some education We, we we talk about digital content uh, marketing which is but it's um all based on data and insights on personas targeting and being where people actually are and in learning and development it's almost as if we confused our role with school and we've we've thought that we've down we are education but we are not it is one small piece of the pie a broad brush education and as you've discussed uh, uh, already today um top-down launches of um programs and systems that don't seek to understand the end user first or the employee first are largely likely to fail because it's just about the the topic the platform the solution what we're talking about here is understanding the person and seeking to influence from from their perspective but of course with any kind of change um we've got to bring our our stakeholders with us, and I wonder, were there any lessons, or, or was there, there perhaps any challenge in uh, in the way that that uh, that you expected um, stakeholders and learners to engage with you and your team?
1: Um, there. Uh, there are always challenges, of, of, of course, and, and I think we're still, as I would say, rather early in the journey. So we were surprised about how well the take up of the platform was. Um, but as mentioned before, um, we maybe overrun a little bit with let's. So what we wanted to achieve as well at the beginning is, say, um, Let's people find something on almost any topic that could be relevant. And now we just have too much content up there. So now we try to go one or two steps back and say, let's let's quickly see what are the sources that that people really look at, and, and what is the content that people look at. And now again, try to re, to reduce the amount a little bit um, to really serve serve the best content. And where where I also think we we could get a bit better in is activating like the, the busy people, the really knowledgeable people, also to to recognize to share their knowledge with others, which then could help the entire company. So I think there are definitely things we we, we still can learn a lot um, and and we can improve. And then as it is, we change. I, I think it's always you, you 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 have like the people who exactly jump on it and, and love it. And then there are there they who are a bit more skeptical, who now miss the physical classroom trainings to exchange with the peers, with the colleagues. So I think it's 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 yeah, you you, you cannot do it right for everyone.
0: Mm. And I think that it's important to recognize as well is that digital doesn't replace classroom uh, in my book. People attended so few classes that uh, digital only replaces fumbling around uh, and making the same mistakes that thousands of people have already made and solving problems that have already been solved so many times, but but helping to do that more efficiently uh, within uh, an organization and allowing people to learn from what success means from other people in the organization that you can't do 12 people at a time in a classroom. You can't do over an hour on, on periodic webinars because it's not about content first and it's not about delivery. It's actually about solving the actual problems that people are facing inside of our organizations. And that for me is the power of digital. So it should never be a case of digital versus classroom. Uh, and a lot of organizations haven't removed the classroom. They've refocused it to fo- uh, so that they spend time together connecting people uh, who are uh, in similar situations where they could learn from people who have been successful in what they are trying to do and providing opportunities for for people to, to discuss, debate, to challenge, to connect and all that rich stuff in which, you know, bringing people together. And it's sometimes killed with, uh, with too much content delivery. Uh, I'm, I'm keen to know, Satoshi, uh, this has clearly been um, uh, a period of, uh, of, of, of great growth and change uh, for you. And I wonder uh, what's next for you as far as your development and, uh, and your digital know-how and capabilities concerned?
1: I think uh we are in super exciting times in LND. I mean it's, it's it's challenging for us there is a lot of change, there is a lot of and, and enhancements in in technology and, and, and a lot of things going on. Um so I'm I'm, I'm personally more excited about the future and, and and I think there is so much valuable things that could come with tech and so much valuable insights that we could um, get out of the data and really provide better solutions for our employees. Um, so w- we are currently still looking at, the, at at a couple of interesting things such as um, like the whole workflow automation, this based learning so that we can take like more or drive more contextualized information so one one small example we are looking at at the moment is um, newly appointed line managers mm-hmm. and that we can trigger to them a row of simple notches or or simple behaviors over a certain period and then just one one behavior per week one small thing that they can perform to build up a good behavior as a leader and this is now also where we can like use the HR database we can see when it has, has has their value changed when have they been promoted yeah. and then based on that value we can then trigger a workflow which, which which just keeps informing them and then attached to that what we are also looking at is how do we know that they find it helpful and, and, and impactful and this is where we also try to embed now a little bit something which is also that we adapted from from the digital marketing is about do people even open the emails and then also do they click on something or 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 do they like what we what we sent them and and then they can give us their 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 simple vote through a click.
0: I love that Toshi, what you're doing is you're capitalizing on genuine concern as it arises. So with line managers, what we've done for so many years, if not decades, is neglect them. They can go on a program after they've been in the role for weeks, months and sometimes even years. So they've solved all the problems. They've got all the war wounds. The only thing we didn't tell them as they joined, because we left it to the line manager, uh, is what does the role actually involve? What does successful management actually look like? What might surprise them? What questions might they be asked? What? What is expected of them? Not just from the line manager, but we realise as a manager there are multiple stakeholders. So how do you get that? All of that stuff that is left up to the individual to figure out and have sleepless nights, and you know, as they as they make this career change, what you're doing there is, and I love that, you know, can integrating with the HR system to recognise when there is a change to their profile and then begin a campaign so that they are guided and nudged, as you say, to do more of the right stuff and give them what they need when they need it. That is digital marketing right there, understanding uh, people, their, their, um, uh, their pressing challenges and providing value, not pushing content in order to make a difference. I think that that's going to be hugely successful. Now, Satoshi, if the listener likes what they've heard from you and would like to incorporate digital marketing approaches into their practice, how would you recommend they get started?
1: Um, I can again speak a little, a little bit out of my experience. What 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 helped well is is really maybe it it's it makes sense um, to start with just informing what is digital marketing all about, just mm-hmm. to get that sense of you don't know what you don't know because this helps then afterwards to dig deeper into some topics that might be interesting. So in that sense, I, I could recommend to start. Um, to start to do a small course, it could be a faculty or if not, if I'm not mistaken, LinkedIn learning even sometimes offers free courses for like these trending skills. Um, so definitely I could recommend to do a fundamental course in, in digital marketing, just to get a sense about what it is all about, then start to speak with people who deal with data in the organization and really ask the right question. So we have an HR analytics team internally. So I found it super, super insightful to talk to them. What data do they have? What, what's available? Yeah. There might also be a marketing team who is taking care of the intranet or of off, 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 off the website. And I'm pretty sure on the website they have implemented Google analytics and on the internet maybe as well or maybe they have a different tool that they're looking at and another source could be the external partners and vendors so maybe they um, already have a dashboard available or or can simply embed it tracking code into their solutions, and suddenly the data is there. So really learn what's all already there, um, get inspired. And if, if people say there is nothing of, of, of all of what I just described, it's just myself, maybe just also consider partnering. Talk to the marketing team and say, can we not just do something together to, to track a little bit, to get a bit more data um, about how the platform, how your platform is being used, but I can use the same system for my platform, um, or maybe then just bring in the tech skills. So it could be a rotation or it could even be an, an intern um, who, who who has like experience with building websites. And what I definitely also would involve um, is the data privacy officer as early as possible. And we talk now a lot about data and tech, but but I think it's it's very, very important and to mention um, the data belongs to the employees yes. and we only use the data in a lockdown um, locked away fashion where we never report out on individuals we only use aggregated reports or use it as trigger to to generate further actions but we never like it's 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 not as 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 like the horror stories we hear from social media so we really as as hr <clears throat> i'm sorry as as hr we really need to 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 take data privacy serious
0: Yeah, wonderful. I think that uh, that is a really important point. But I'd also like to add, it's not a reason not to get involved. I think that there are plenty of people who uh, perhaps um, find this an uncomfortable listen, because learning and development is changing right in front of their eyes. But but there is a way of using data as you've said anonymously without it being prohibitive but we need to take responsibility uh, with other people's data. but the rest of that is uh, is, is certainly um, solid advice there is plenty of expertise inside and outside of our organizations. Satoshi as we uh, as we look to wrap up if people wish to connect with you um, on social media, how can they do so?
1: Um Honestly, I'm not so active on social media. So probably the best way is um, just drop me a note on, on LinkedIn. Um, this is where you can find me.
0: Wonderful. And we'll, uh, we'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, Satoshi, all left have to say is thank you very much for being a guest on the Learning and Development Podcast. It
1: was a great pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: As we discussed... Too few L&D professionals see the overlap between L&D and digital marketing when it comes to efficiently and effectively influencing behaviour. But with the advancement of digital marketing over recent years, it's time to understand their journey, their practices and their tools in order to progress our own. If you'd like to get in touch with me, perhaps to suggest topics you'd like to hear discussed, you can tweet me at DavidInLearning and connect on LinkedIn, for which you'll find the links in the show notes. And goodbye for now.